It's that episode, not that episode, not that episode. It's that episode. It's that episode with Craig Rowan. Welcome to It's That Episode, the podcast where I, Craig Rowan, invite a guest over to my apartment. We watch any TV show that they choose. We watch it. We talk about it. We talk about a bunch of other crap. Today, I'm very excited. Uh, you might have seen or you should see in the future his new uh, special that's up on Netflix, uh, Mike Kaplan. My, why did I say, uh, why did I just say your name wrong? Did you say it wrong? Did I say it wrong? I think you said it right. It sounded like you said Mike Kaplan. I did say Mike Kaplan. And Mike and then- Kaplan is the way that you say my <laughs> name. So now I, now there's sort of a mystery. Like, you don't have yeah. to tell me in if you think that Mike Kaplan was wrong, which it isn't, what you think <laughs> no, the right you know thing potentially was. But you could just keep it secret be like, oh, no, I, I just get right and wrong confused sometimes. <laughs> yeah, no, I get right and wrong confused. No, I because your, name is, your first name is spelled differently, I was fixated on that. And then as I said that correctly, I was like... Wait, Kaplan's not even his last name. Oh, just, no, it is. Absolutely. I know You're is. fine. That's I like, know it is. I just thought, do you know Nick Vatterot? I do know Nick Vatterot. One of my favorite people to watch uh, and see him do comedy. One of my favorite people to watch just, you know, while he's doing his daily activities. Eating and, um, yeah. Probably does it real funny. Also, I haven't done that. But he, we were on a show last night and he has this bit that he does where he's he does a character of a guy who confuses the words Daryl and barrel mm-hmm. and then he as to act it out which is this is the worst thing to do to <laughs> to butcher this situation just see nick vatterat this is not uh his number one like he has so many things that even if you don't like this yes you'll love nick vatterat watch his fallon watch his conan watch his half hour on comedy central listen to his episode of this podcast where he watches growing pains absolutely anyway his joke is just uh, so a guy named Daryl, uh, so he says, he says, hi, my name is Daryl, and this is a barrel. He, do- he doesn't, he screws up screwing it up, <laughs> is the, the joke. So that's basically what happened to you, is what I'm saying. With me and my name, you double screwed it up in that you got it right. I did it in every way wrong possible because I said it right, I said I was wrong, and then it, it, called, it, it called it out, and then we talked about it. It made me feel even more embarrassed. I mean, would have made it, the worst thing, not the, not, the worst thing that could have happened wouldn't have been that bad, but even so, the worst thing would have been if you said my name wrong, but then we're like, hey, sorry I said your name right. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, so, welcome. But yes, thank you for telling people to watch my special, <laughs> which is called Small Dork and Handsome. Um, awesome. On Netflix, which is the new, the new way to do it. Oh, yeah. Uh, nobody's doing anything else. There is only Netflix now. There's only Netflix now. Are you getting good feedback from uh, people watching on Netflix? I, I am. There's like, uh, I don't know how many people are watching it uh, explicitly. Like, they don't, I don't, somebody I'm, I'm sure knows. But, uh, I mean, I guess they don't know if they're just turning it on and like leaving the room. But right. uh, thanks for doing that. I'm sure that helps the numbers, the metrics, the algorithm. But every day uh, that I that I check the numbers, which uh, for the first few days, you know, ev- is every day. Sure. Uh it was seemed like there were a thousand more ratings every day, which I don't rate everything I watch, so I assume there's got to be thousands of people. I'd say most people probably don't rate what they watch, so that would make it a high number. Yeah, so I think I think 
there's certainly like people are uh, responding nicely on Twitter and saying positive things uh, on you know other websites. There's been nice reviews. So yeah, it's been it's been a positive experience. Thank you everybody who's already done it. Or if you pause this right now and then go do it, thank you. Or if you wait till later. Or if you don't look, do I, we got a lot of things. There's a lot of things in the world to take in. If you choose to spend an hour of it uh, taking in my comedy or more, there's other CDs that you can get. Look, there's a lot. I have a podcast. There's a lot of ways you could be listening to me for hours and hours days probably and what we're saying is thank don't you. don't thank you and don't listen to the rest of this podcast until you've uh, taken in everything. everything that i've said that has been recorded um so today we're going to be watching a tv show um we're going to be watching third rock from the sun which i'm excited about why did you choose the show and this particular episode uh i watched i remember watching the show i think i was a child slash college student mm-hmm. maybe i forget how the show was on for a while it started i think it went 96 to 2001 okay so that's mostly while i was in college okay uh and so i watched most pretty much most it was a great show uh it was like i didn't know at the time like i didn't have like a savvy comedy palette at right. the time but uh like i definitely watched shows growing up that are not the greatest sure uh like i loved perfect strangers when it was on and then i was like so sad when it went off and then years later i'd watch it again and be like oh i guess that sadness was unnecessary right didn't quite hold up i mean like now there's many more th- look i i still enjoy it. i still have a great nostalgia for it balky larry but if they girl. were going to put out new episodes of that show or of uh third rock from the sun i would ask them to please third rock from the sun it up and this particular episode I just, before netflix existed i i remember this episode just like stuck with me like i saw this episode when it first came out and i thought it was one of the funniest things and then when netflix finally came out came around and had all of the seasons on i was like oh man i really i hope this isn't like another perfect strangers kind of thing where in my mind it you know my mind made it uh, made me remember it as way better than i would think of it in the future but i watched it again and i was like yep it, it completely Completely held up. That's awesome. I hope you feel that way also. I hope I do too. It's called Dick Jokes and... And Every, a lot of the episodes are named uh, because uh, John Lithgow's character, the main character, his name is Dick. Right. I realized much later that the main character's names are Tom, Dick, and Harry. Oh, uh, and okay. Then the girl and the woman's name is Sally, uh, which kind of goes along with the same kind of thing, but uh, right. I think it's Sally. Uh and then I there's also they're... Jane Curtin. Is her name Jane on the show? Dick and Jane? If that is maybe if so, like her they... name's no Doctor Mary. Oh, okay. Well, her real name is Jane, so I'm still gonna hey. I'm gonna take that uh, and and then just have it. And but so every episode is like you know Dick does something like Dick you know Dick verbs usually. Right. And so in this episode is Dick jokes uh, and Dick jokes are a thing. And this episode's all about the aliens uh, like sort of trying to understand humor, which is. Awesome, and this show, uh, this show, when you were watching it, was this before? Because I only saw the YouTube. Um, I didn't pre-watch it. I had only saw the YouTube icon, but I think my guess is that Dick does stand-up comedy in this one. Is uh, that correct? That sounds reasonable, but I actually even the second watching that I did was a few years ago, so. I'm going to be watching it, you know, not as fresh as you, Good. but I don't remember as much about it. But ev- does there, do you recommend that everyone watch it before they hear no, us talk about it, too? Um, I, it depends. It's up to I them. I feel like you don't do. need to. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I feel yeah, you don't need to. You, you, don't, you, you don't have to do it. We're not going to tell you what to do. But my question is, is this when you watch this? I know it does take place from the icon at a, some of it at a comedy club. Was this before you started doing comedy yourself in college or? Uh, I 
really so if you're correct about the run of the show being 96 to 2001 and this is season two so this is probably 97 ish oh yeah then this is definitely before i began uh performing comedy uh, which i i started doing comedy in basically 2002 mm-hmm. uh, and i but i had sort of dabbled in uh, i was aiming to be a singer songwriter a musical performer and i performed in some comedy clubs doing funny songs between like 1999 and 2002 every once in a while before i really started pursuing comedy so either way this was before that so this is before that but it's still stuck in your craw enough that but in a good way i think stuck in your craw seems like a really stuck in my craw in a positive way positive way yeah Yeah. it was yeah it was uh i remembered it fondly correctly and this show was i've recently within the last year or two i've watched the pilot episode of it and Nowadays, I don't think for your average sitcom or comedy television show, I'd say most shows aren't as sort of high concept as this one. Oh, sure. The The storyline is basically these are aliens who have taken on the bodily form of humans and are learning about humans to sort of send information back to their home planet. Yes, I forget if it's like they're eventually going to invade or something. So, yeah, they're just they're a research mission, right? And yeah, so there's like you know the communications officer and like the the tech the tactical who you know so they're all they all these roles except for French Stewart who's just some you know. I, uh, oh, I think he is actually just like the mechanism for by which to- they communicate, and so he's just you know the idiot character. Right. Uh, like, as far as interacting with other humans and such goes. Yeah, and I'd say that, like, in concept, because of its, it is so high concept, that it seems like something that would be, I don't know, not, like, not hold up or something. But when I saw the pilot, I was like, oh, my God, this is really funny. Also, the actors in it are amazing. I mean, John Lithgow, Jane Curtin, uh, a young, uh, what's his name? Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yes. Jiggle. Jiggle. Ooh, that's... I like that. A young Jiggle. Are you a fan of Josen? Uh, Josen I uh, always say his name. Josen, Josen Gorfith led it. Uh, Josen, we're so sorry that we got your name right. Um, <laughs> he, yeah, I like, uh, if not everything I've seen him do, uh, most of the, like, I, I liked, what's he been in recently? Like, Looper, I enjoyed. I, uh, I was a fan he, of Looper. He was in uh, in the, the Last Dark Knight. Uh, That's I was true. a fan of that, though I, I didn't think he, he wasn't a huge deal in that. Right. But yeah, he's, uh, I haven't seen everything that he's done, but I hear, I hear good things about many things. I like his, he has some, like, books of, like, one-sentence short stories, I think, or, like, very short stories that are, like, funny and interesting and right. cool, and uh, there are better ways to describe things than that, but, uh, you know, he doesn't need me to promote it that hard. Uh, get my my special, everybody. Um, and, yeah, he's... The only thing... The first negative impression I had of him was I saw him on Celebrity Jeopardy. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, and it was all teenagers. So it was, like, when he was on 30... Uh, I almost said 30 Rock from the Sun. Hey, sorry, we got your name. Right. right. Uh, I don't know if you name your episodes, but that can be the name of this episode. <laughs> sure. And just spell everything wrong. <laughs> Siri, you got your name right. Uh, and it was him and Kirsten Dunst and then the boy from The Nanny. And I, I don't remember if he was particular. They all seemed like it was. Do you know how like on Teen Jeopardy, like the questions are a little easier than on Adult Jeopardy. Sure. And then on Celebrity Jeopardy, they're also easier. So this was like Teen Celebrity Jeopardy. Right. Like I remember two questions that these kids didn't get right. Because I mean, I don't, I don't want to judge. Like, they, But I assume they weren't in school. I think they were, you know, probably being tutored, homeschooled, like whatever. They were teenagers who were millionaires right. uh, and so their their job was not to learn things and read 
or even hear of certain right, books. Right, right. Like there was a question, I think it was like, you know, a $100 question. One of the easiest questions was like, this book about a white whale, you know, a man's struggle. Like it was like this, a book and a whale. Like there was like, uh, again, again, I, it's, I'm, I say I don't want to judge. I don't want to. It's I'm judging to, already. But uh, like none of them got Moby Dick. And then there was this one was I think tough. This is one that I understand. Like the question was like which two president name name presidents that are related. Uh, and I think the second George Bush was not yet had not yet been right. president. So that would have been an easy one. Uh, but one of them guessed Kennedy. Uh, and there's only been one President Kennedy. Like you could have gone. There's a couple different ones that yes. you could have gone with with the similar, you know, who are actually related or right. even similar names. But Kennedy. So I remember being like, oh, these guys. Uh, at least I do enjoy Third Rock from the Sun. Well, <laughs> at least you can feel better that you know they might be rich teenagers, but you're smarter than them. I, I feel mean, like at very least that was the way I, I think I felt at the time, and now I don't care about that. I think you know, sort of, I've been built. My uh, uh, my, I, I, I pe- the perception of me is that I've sort of constructed. There, there there's some there's some reviews of my comedy that are like the ones that I like are like, hey, this guy's this guy knows things, but he doesn't make us feel bad if we don't know those things. Right, like that's. I'm not trying to make anybody feel bad. I'm just trying to talk about the things that I enjoy and find funny, interesting, that I like and know. And, yeah, none of us know all the same things. Like, there's different kinds of intelligence. There's It's not just about, you know, math or memorizing things or history. or You know, there's, you know, physical intelligence. There's interpersonal. Like, there's so many things. Right. Uh, but at the time, I think I was a little more limited because I was mostly only good at, like, the learning kind of right. intelligence. So, that I mean, now I just feel good on my own i need to feel good in relation to other people like and now i'm happy that uh, joseph gordon levitt has made so much of the art and entertainment that he has so uh good work including this episode this episode uh, called dick jokes so we're going to check this out dick jokes um any specific things that you remember from your uh original or middle watching that you're uh excited to revisit uh i i don't want to give too much away to you but it's just so many there's so many classic comedy like tropes uh that they had and i forget all of them but there's like there's there's some parts of it that are like very three stooges like there's uh there's some you know pie in the face action uh rubber chicken love me some rubber chicken seltzer like it's but it all it all makes sense like it's none of i feel like they were like what is what is comedy like the writers were like what is comedy we know what comedy is and now let's put it on these guys who these aliens that don't know what comedy is and it's like you know sort of adding to that the idea that now like that makes it even more comedic like the the discrepancy between you know knowing and not knowing right well, I'm excited. So why don't we check out season two, episode something of Thirty Rock from the Scum. Thirty Rock from the Sunny in Philadelphia. And uh, let's check it out. I'd like to welcome you all here tonight. Before we go any further, I think that we should all acknowledge the sensational job that my esteemed colleague, Dr. Mary Albright, has done in organizing this truly worthwhile event. Dr. Dr. Albright, I know I do. Now, I know many of you are wondering, uh, what's with her long sleeves? Well, I'll tell you. It's to cover up her flabby arms. She shook them the other day and the Dead Sea Scrolls fell out. (laughs) She said, 
She's quite old also, you see. <laughs> but, you know, as sweet and, and wonderful as, as Dr. Albright is, she can also be somewhat domineering, power-hungry, and hostile. And I think I finally figured out why. Uh, Dr. Albright, while you may not have a man's genitalia, at least you have his razor stubble. <laughs> All right, we just checked out dick jokes. Uh, dick jokes. Dick, eh, dick, dick jokes. Yes, we just checked out dick jokes. I mean, it, you could say it either way. I think uh, it's just to me. It's a written joke. It is a written joke, but it's, it's a written joke. It's a, <laughs> it's a written joke. It's dick jokes. Yeah, dick jokes. Uh, man, that must have been f- good. they good on them for naming a character Dick and then having fun with that for every almost every episode name. It is good. I mean, I always wonder about not that exactly, but like on Friends, you know, Chandler was the name of one of the characters, right? And there was an episode several seasons in, I think, where. Uh, Ross and Rachel were fighting, and then Chandler freaked out at them and was like, "Stop! I can't handle it." Han- like handles like and he said some, there was some joke about hand. Oh, maybe somebody else couldn't handle it, and he said, "I can handle it." Handles my middle name, or it's actually the middle part of my first name. Uh, <laughs> and handle is the middle part of Chandler. And I'm like, did they plan that when they named him? Chandler? <laughs> They're like, we'll name this guy Chandler, and we'll, we'll store a joke for a few years. I think uh, we should sleep on it a little bit so yeah. people don't know that we named him Chandler. Because hey guys, my name's Chandler, and uh, it's handle in the middle. Okay, we blew it. <laughs> oh shit, yeah. that should not have been his first line, first episode. Hey, my name's Chandler. Handle for short. <laughs> C uh, handle R. <laughs> so uh, we watched Dick, Dick jokes. Yeah, thank you. Um, I think it was funny and it, great. And I think considering it's all about comedy, that's also a hard thing to do. Like it's oh yeah, the concept of parodying comedy or like making a satire of uh, like you know in, in Mad Magazine or something or like. You know, it's easiest, I think, to pa- to make fun of like serious things, of course, turn right. serious things into comedy. Because if you're turning comedy into comedy, like then you're, I mean, you're already you have to you're they're not making you you try not to make the same jokes that they're actually making, right? Uh, and then you're also working against the fact that most people probably think the original is funny, so it's like making fun of that is hard. It's a it is a true it's a, a testament to the artistry and skill levels of the creators that that like Nick Vatterat's another guy who does things like that. He has like jokes that if you've never seen a comedy show, you'll think it's funny, right. but if you've seen tons of comedy shows, you'll see that he is like subverting or you know going in like a third direction from the original joke. Right, like, but you can still in his, his. Anyway, the point is just to check out Nick Vatterat. After check you out Nick. Listen to all my albums and podcasts, and uh, then go to Nick Vatterat. Then listen to the rest of this. Yes, nickvatterat dot com, and you can email him at Nick D. No, I'm just kidding. Welcome uh, back. Um, so. Uh, let's Nick give a, jokes. A, I think a, is <laughs> oh, very good. Nick jokes. Nick jokes. Um, That's his nickname. So the basic premise of the episode is that it sort of starts with them just at a comedy club. Oh yeah, and uh, I, I took a note of the the. It starts with like a comedian finishing a joke. Right. Yes. And the which comedian is always great. Played by a real life comedian who I know, Mark Pitta, uh, a guy from the at least now the Bay Area. 
uh, has a wonderful show at the Throckmorton Theater, or at least did that I've done a few times. So he he played a stand-up in this, meaning that he's been a notable or good comedian since for a while. Oh, when and, I, yes, for certainly he's been at it since I would assume, unless this is what got him into it. He's like he was just an actor, and then I was it, thinking that I was like, is it possible? Because I, when I saw that there was a host, guy hosting it, and he seemed pretty funny, I was like, I wonder that can't be an act. Like, why would they hire an actor to play a comedian? Wouldn't it make it just be easier to hire stand-up? Uh, you might think that, but also, uh, I remember back in Boston where I started doing comedy, uh, there were, do you know the Walsh brothers? Yes. Uh, they're in LA now, and they're so funny and great guys, and Chris Walsh, uh, one of them, uh, was like, he and I went out for the same part at an audition once, like, I think for, it was either for a commercial or for so, something small in the Boston area, and the part was like, accountant, and I'm like, oh boy, this Chris Walsh is like, super lanky, and like, a phys- like he's like, really good with physicality, right. and just like, so funny in a different, like, if you just were looking at pictures of him and me, like, dressed normally be like oh who which one is the accountant right uh, and i'm like i got you know i wasn't like i got this on the it's only it's not the, just the two of us auditioning but uh so anyway he got the part he <laughs> he is so good with his body that he is able to pretend that he's not that he's right he's able to pretend to be like i am and i'm not good enough to be able to or i wasn't to right. be able to just be to be like hey look me no and again the so who knows who knows i, I was sort of hoping that that story would end it was like i thought it was gonna be me but it ended up they hired a real accountant. <laughs> oh, yeah. And also, Chris Walsh was a real accountant. Okay, so, okay, 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 okay. The story works out <sighs> the best. Uh, perfectly. But so, yeah. So, Mark Pitta, don't know when he started doing comedy. Guesses at some point before this. It would be great if he was an actor and he was inspired. He's like, you know what? That felt really good. Love it. I love it. And then, uh, but they were writing all the material for him. So, he had to. But, and so, one of the jokes. Oh, yeah. The, his the intro joke joke. That he said. Uh, they they just, the show opens and he's out there and it says uh, your birthday was last month hoist it up yourself right uh, I think talking to his mother right we find out or maybe he said mom and uh, I, I'm trying to recreate like is that somebody's joke is it possible that there is well what joke? I like the idea of I like the classic no setup to a joke just seeing the punchline oh, my yeah. favorite being in Dumb and Dumber where he's like wait I forget what it was he, he and he throws peanuts in his face and he just um, I don't remember either longer time, it's in his but dream I... it's in a dream sequence check it out everybody Dumb check and Dumber. out Dumb and Dumber Dumb and Dumber com. Dumb and Dumber 2 is coming out soon with the original cast Dumb um, jokes. Uh, dumb jokes. Dumb jokes. Um, so they're at the Chuckle Hut watching uh, this, uh, which is a pretty realistic name for There a, certainly are places named that. Um, and, and Dick Solomon, played by John Lithgow, who's a hilarious character in general. Just the, He's sort of this naive he's sort of like childlike in a lot of ways oh in this i mean he's such a good actor like before he's this so i think great. he wasn't doing a ton of comedy he was like the villain in cliffhanger yes and like he was like a villainous character frequently he he played he, he did a star turn in uh in the world according to garp as a oh, uh, cross-dresser i didn't see it um he has since been a a, a creepy villain on uh dexter Mm, did like, not see it. It's got a great, great season of Dexter. There was a few of those. And he was also in Harry and the Hendersons. So I guess he oh, did yeah. do a comedy. Yeah, that yeah. That was probably 88, 89. He wasn't, he, yeah, he wasn't completely he new wasn't to comedy. He wasn't new to it, but... But it, it was definitely a story that they were like, oh, look at this good actor. Yes. Doing comedy? Yes. But yeah, yeah, he, he is such a, such, a prof, such a defined character, this guy, this 
Dick Solomon is. So he he sort of interrupts the uh, the stand up show and is like, "This isn't funny. I don't get why this is funny. Why do you think this is funny?" He's like, "You're making fun of your poor mother who raised you and cared for you. Is that it? That you just you're is that people are drinking and they're sad? And then every, some other guy gets on board. Yes, and he's like, "Yeah, <laughs> I love my mom." Um, and then, then it, the story follows that the fact that um, I guess there are host there's at his college where he works with his girlfriend Mary, who is Jane Curtin. Uh, she's having someone host this sort of benefit, and she has a funny professor friend, and he's jealous. And he's very jealous. And then that's sort of... He's like, I'm funny. And he calls in his assistant and he's like, I have a wonderful sense of humor, right, Nina? And she just laughs at the very idea that he has a sense of humor, which is a funny joke, but that he is, you know, not in on. But then he's like, see? Yes. He's... Oh, man. He's very good. And you do a very good John Lithgow. See? Yes. yes. (laughs) Um, And it sort of follows his, his journey to find out what is funny, why is funny, how is funny? Oh yeah, all the questions. Uh, where is funny? When is who funny? is funny? Yeah, yes. And so yeah, he gathers the the other folks in the apartment, like Harry and uh, and Tommy. And he's at so in the next scene. They're at home, and he's got an arrow through the head. He's holding a rubber chicken and, and like, a bottle of seltzer. Yep, like all the and eventually there's like a Groucho mask and uh, and like uh, a whoopee cushion. Like there's so many things that come up. But so he's like. Well, tell me what is funny. And then, like, Sally comes in with this board, this gigantic long board over her shoulders. And she's like, I don't have time to figure out what's funny. I'm putting, I'm building shelves. But then, like, proceeds to just, like, comically knock everyone out. Yes. Which, and then Dick is, like, wakes them up with the seltzer and is like, hey, quit falling asleep. How are we going to find out what funny is? Yes. So, basically, the humor is that nobody's realizing how funny the situation is, which is a funny play on what's funny. And talking about this might not be funny. (laughs) There's so many levels, and I think we might have reached the top, and we're, like, jumping off a mountain and falling (laughs) down it now. But, uh, like, there's one scene where they do it's sort of they break out of uh like not understanding and like tommy and harry and sally do like a like a real like three stooges moment where they're like one of them hits the other on the head like seemingly really hard with, with a, hammer, a real hammer yes. but then doesn't get hurt like they're just and then punching you know like punching each other and putting their fingers in their eyes and doing all the things and they're like eh uh and then dick's like nah no yeah he goes uh he goes oh, like they, that yeah, tv like, show with yeah. those guys who and do, they all who do that thing out, yeah who do that thing and then they act it out and he goes no I don't like the McLaughlin group. Yeah, they're not funny. They're not funny. I, I just realized when I watched this, like, I haven't seen this in so many years, but French Stewart is such a defined and funny character. He's the squinty-eyed, oh, yeah. uh, and ties like this, that I don't know if I've ever seen him in anything else, but I can't. I can only imagine that he had to battle against being that character for... He shows up and they're like, ah, oh, this character doesn't really squint that much. He doesn't squint and talk in that voice that we found is funny. I'm oh, in f- guys, I'm a good actor who does different things. Mm. In fact, that's why this character is good. I'm going to look up French Stewart quickly. Find and a see. picture of him and see if his eyes are more open. Um, they are, but doesn't, this is him oh, looking yeah. now. It looks like... Uh, a put on it looks like you told the squinty eyed French Stewart can you just open up a little bit yeah but he's just like I can't really I'm yeah. doing what I can but uh, he's been he's been in some he's been in some things including an episode of Birthday Boys it turns out oh how about I that actually wonderful did see that and he was in 30 Nights of Paranormal Activity with the Devil Inside oh, the good. Girl with the Dragon Tattoo good work good work I didn't see that which uh, is he was uh, in a Clamato commercial you, ooh, do you remember Clamato of course I know tomato Clamato. juice that's 1% clam 
Lamb Juice, and he was their spokesperson for a little while. So yeah, he's doing okay. He's doing fine. That Kalmado, whenever I saw that, I did not quite understand what the what the uh, appeal? appeal would be at all in that. You know, you ever drinking tomato juice and you're like, this is pretty good. This is like 99% good, but I wish there was 1%. You know, there doesn't make any, I don't know, clam. <laughs> um, so once when uh, uh, Dick is trying to figure out what f- comedy is, he goes and does his own stand up. Yes, and he fails. Uh, in, and one of the best parts was him just saying, um, uh, "And here's joke number two, oh, which that came right after." So he he comes on. He's like, "I'm going to tell you some jokes." Uh, after like a very hammy, like "Hello, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank thank you, thank you for coming, thank you." And then he says, "I'll tell you some jokes." Joke number one, and the first joke was his joke was uh, that I went fishing and they said like there's a law you can't catch more than five and he's like oh I caught five thirty five <laughs> like what a, a sort of a perfect like horrible idea for a joke like oh like like if a foreign like somebody who's language English not is English not is their first language oh no so not. If, if someone English not is their first language this kind of joke they make do uh, <laughs> like where oh like I remember in college there was a dude who I think was Bulgarian in my freshman hall and I remember him just making what I don't remember the setup or if there was any but he like was he made what he thought was a joke but was just saying like somebody said matter and then he said mind over matter like he just he's like another phrase with that word and we're like uh? and he's like a joke uh, I don't remember if he had the delivery down like that I, I, I nailed it I made it pretty good but uh, I was gonna say that guy sounds hilarious he's probably doing great uh, <laughs> Uh, his name is Plumman. I'm not going to give his last name, but it's possible that he's the only Plumman in the world. So, <laughs> uh, if that's a thing you don't remember, Plumman, if you're listening, if you are, hello, let's be back in touch. Uh, I hope your life is good. Uh, but yeah, so that's the a perfect bad joke. He tells he's like joke number one tells that five thirty five joke, then says. Uh, what does he say? Oh, then he says, and what's the deal with pot stickers? Right. And uh, Harry's just laughing at all those things, and the only person. And then after he says that 35 thing and pot stickers, then he says, now, joke number two. And I'm like, what was that? That was one joke. In his, it was, <laughs> that was 535 combined. and pot stickers was joke one. Yes. Like, that's my, I didn't, I've never noticed that in the other watchings. Like, that's my, my new favorite part of this show. Um, have you and pe- people end up leaving the leaving while he's doing stand up, which I can oh, at only, an open mic night, which I can only imagine leave. being the most brutal feeling. Have people ever? Have you ever witnessed people literally in mass leave a stand up show or not in or, mass? I've seen certainly you know people leave. They, yes, people definitely have left while you've been doing. Oh yeah, uh, while or right after yeah. or right before because they knew I was coming. You know that's. Uh, they're uh, like, I hate people with that name. I mean, there's definitely been times, uh, yeah, that right as the introduction's happening, oh, like, please uh. welcome Mike. No, thank you. Kaplan. <laughs> That's what they call me, Mike. No, thank you, Kaplan. Because I'm very polite. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't have any, you know, like, horrific stories of like, oh, and then the room was right. empty. Uh, but yeah, definitely there are people who... I, and I think the right thing to do is leave quietly. Yes. Like, if you're not enjoying a show, then go to a different place. Yeah. Make you, you're allowed to be happy. 
Like, you're not, there's no contract. You didn't sign a contract. I have a contract to do my time at a comedy club. If I'm not having a good time, I can't leave. Yes. But if you're not having a good time in the audience, you can leave. So, but if you're at an open mic night, like at the Chuckle Hut in this thing, I think it's crazy that, like, not even just his friends and then also, like, half the audience. Right. Because, like, maybe he was the last comedian, but, like, definitely, you're at an open mic night. It's going to be bad. Yes. Most, you're going, when you go to an open mic night, that's a contract with audience like this it's going to be hit or miss. Yeah. And most of the people in the audience are either friends with somebody involved in the open mic or open micers themselves. Yeah. Or you got to know. Yeah. I mean, New York is very different than the rest of the world. Like there's definitely places uh, like Minneapolis. There's a club Acme, which is one of my favorite places to perform. And they have, I've never been there for the open mic night, but I hear that it's free admission. And like, so it's New York, it's a college town. So like tons of colleges come right. uh, and there's like cheap drinks and like they have, like it's a great club, and so they have like reg- you know they have regulars who come in and are working out new things that will be funnier than just like first timers. They'll have like some people that are newer to comedy, but over over the course of the whole evening, like you know they'll be a good host. Like what what I don't know exactly the way the show's structured, right? But it's like same thing. Like in Boston, there'd be some shows like that. I remember being in like Houston once, and they were like, we have like a six hour open mic. Like they'll have like a, four different hosts take shifts for like an hour and a half. And some people stay for hours, and it's just like more of an event. Whereas in New York. Uh, an open mic is often just like uh, you know twenty comedians listening to each other or not listening right. to each other. Right. So, but you know, an open mic runs the range. If you expect it, don't even expect it to be hit or miss. Expect it to be miss and be like <laughs> pleasantly surprised when it's hit. Expectations set them low as always, and then you can only exceed your expectations. By the way, if you uh, set your expectations, go back and listen to the beginning of this from from the beginning and have your expectations lower. Yes. And then think how much more pleased. You'll be. You will be a, a super a pleased. Uh, oh, we also there was a thing earlier uh, before he goes to the open mic night. The reason that he's testing out jokes is because the guy who did, who was scheduled, the funny professor friend of Mary's, uh, who was scheduled to be the MC, uh, was telling Dick was like. Prove to me that you're funny. And the guy's like, I mean, I, I'll just tell, like, here's a thing that happened. And, like, Dick's trying to not like it. And then it just ends up being a hilarious story, like, undeniably. Yes. Uh, and it was self-deprecating. And this guy's, like, toupee is coming off. And he's, like, it's caught up in the wit. And so he's, like, this acting out this incredible story. And in the middle of it, and Dick is now cracking up. He can't help it. And then the guy has a heart attack in the middle of the story. And Dick still, he's like, this is so funny. I was like, call 911. He's like, yes. Yeah, so, oh, my God. It's the worst. <laughs> It's no good. And uh, and Mary comes in and uh, they save the guy. But uh, Dick, oh, that's such a, a good scene. And it reminded me of, there's a comedian in Boston uh, named Tony V. And he's like one of the funniest people that I've ever seen. And he would sometimes uh, come out and open with this or sometimes say it elsewhere. He could say it wherever he wants in his set. He's allowed but to. he would very frequently open with saying like, uh, just the only thing you need to know for my show, to enjoy my show is that at no point during my act will I feign having a heart attack. I will never feign. So if you see me, like, start clutching my chest and falling to the stage, like, uh, that's, re- like, don't be like, oh, he's really committed to this particular <laughs> piece of physical comedy. No, I'm checking out. Call somebody. <laughs> Tony V, real funny. Check him out wherever your Tony V's are found. TonyV.com. Uh, Tony Tony jokes could be Tony V comics. It could be Tony V comic. Uh, it could be yeah. Tony Tony jokes. Tony 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 Vo. Tony V comedy. Yeah. He has a lot of earls. I he, think we're friends on LinkedIn. So check that out. Uh, and he might be on Tinder. And you might just come upon him while you're swiping. Legitimately, he did just. Uh, I mean, he's a man with a. As last I checked, uh, wife and 
children uh, in his uh, middle age of life. So probably not on Tinder. Maybe not. Who knows? Hey. Like Things change. Tony, if you're out there, let me know what's going on. But uh, thank And thank you for recently endorsing me on LinkedIn for, I believe, acting. Wait, are you really on LinkedIn? I mean, I'm really, I, you know, you join things and... Sure, whenever, sure. I don't, I just, I'm not in oh, a, yeah. in not in true. a demeaning way, but I've, I don't know if I have talked to somebody who's legitimately on Oh, I'm not LinkedIn. legitimately on it. I'm, <laughs> I'm on it. And I'm, I don't mean that I'm ironically on it either. No, like, no right, right, It's right. like the kind of thing that, you know, when Friendster came out, I was like, oh, I'll be on Friendster. Sure. MySpace, Facebook, like I have a... What's the uh, four? I have a four square that I don't use, though I know people who do use it for right. specific reasons. Like, I have uh, a vine that I enjoy. Like, there's some things that I enjoy for specific reasons, but every once in a while you join a thing, you're like, oh, LinkedIn, this will be a thing now for working. Right. Uh, and I don't know what people do with it that aren't me, but uh, I don't do anything with it other than if somebody's like, please be my friend on LinkedIn or connect with me. I'll be like, sure, I'll connect with you. What you're, what you're doing is you're providing a service for other people who are on LinkedIn to be like, if it I, helps feel, I feel good that you now like that you're friends with me on LinkedIn. Yeah, if, you, if having more LinkedIn connections does a service to you, then I am at your service. Wow, that's so great. That'd be great. Man, does somebody have that on Twitter? If, some, if nobody has at your service, I'm going to get Whoa. it. Whoa. You better swipe that up quick. I'm going to check it out as soon as we stop talking. At your service, fart. That, I bet that is open. So I mean, it seems like I can't be the only person to think of that. Uh, but I'm going to check it out. But you have to we'll assume. Th- yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'm trying to think now if there are any other ets that would be interesting to people on Twitter. At I don't know. We'll, at, figure, we'll figure it out. We'll, fi- we'll, we'll figure it out. Tune in next time. As we figure it out. Oh, I also like the um, that. Uh, so he does the. Uh, so. In preparation for his speech, uh, uh, he ends dip- up talking to the comedian, yeah, he, Mark he, Pitta he, again, he, whose he, name is, uh, we see at the end in the end credits, his name is Joe Bag of Donuts. Right, which is that a reference to something? I've heard. Uh, I mean, at this point in life, in the mid 90s, that wasn't. The first time I heard Joey Bag of Donuts is what, like, I think Mike Berbiglia calls his brother. His brother. Well, it was actually a different Joe. Like, I think his brother used to work at a place. Like right. in the story, and they're like, "You're Joey's brother, Joey Bag of Donuts," and like, "Yeah, hey!" And then he's he goes and tells his his brother Joey, he's like, "Did they call you Joey no, Bag of right, Donuts?" Right, right, right. And and he's like, "Oh no, that was another guy. That guy was great." <laughs> so they all think that. So yeah, that was. And so then now, affectionately and humorously, well, I would love if that name. I don't. I doubt it. But if that name of Mike Berbiglia, somebody that he worked with, was originated from this character on third on oh. third right, if they. That'd be something. We're so eagle-eyed that they found that in the credits. Yeah, that the some Joe working at that at bakery or wherever was like. like I oh. wonder what the last name of this character Joe is. Joe Bag of Donuts. That's huh. the way I like it. Huh. Uh, but yeah, so so he goes and confides in that guy. Dick goes and talks to Joe the comedian, uh, and finally learns under he's like understands what jokes are. He has an epiphany that oh, when he when he learns that the guy's mother doesn't hate those jokes. And he's like, wait, she loves them? Like, oh, they're jokes. Uh, and so the idea and that, you know, being roasted and like light, you know, lightly and playfully made fun of is a sign of, you know, love and respect. Sure. And so then he takes that lesson. 
And he shits on. Well, he he takes it to the nth degree and basically roasts uh, Mary and his at her own event. Yeah, at her own event, calling her fat and old old. and and everybody's cracking up. He's nailing it. Which I thought was pretty uh, funny that people like if you're in a public event and people and and like people just start like shitting on someone that like either one of your colleagues, your colleague, but like you might probably didn't know them that well, or even if you did know them, you'd be like, oh my god, that's offensive. But they all got super into it, as though they were like the greatest jokes. Yes, when they were, they were fine. Hey, he did good for uh, for a second timer. Yeah, from from the night before, it was leaps and bounds, miles ahead. And he's very up on himself from it. And I like the idea that he he says that he spent the rest of the night. He was so amped up. He spent the rest of his night faxing jokes to Jay Leno. He did say that. I took note of it as well. Which is, I don't know, does that still exist anymore that people will just, obviously not fax, but just send in jokes for... Because I feel like you hear a lot of, like, um, in the olden days... Like old comedians would send in just jokes to comedians and to TV shows. Uh, I will, I, in my experience, I had up until uh, like a few years ago, I was sending jokes to Weekend Update every mm-hmm, week. Sure. Uh, and they had like a limited, it was like not, it wasn't just anybody could do it. Sure, uh, sure, sure. It was like, it was not like a, I, I, at the time when I was doing it, I'm sure it was a, a massive amount of people. I, I can only assume, like, I'm not the most special person, but it wasn't just like, I want to start writing jokes. How do I do it? Where do I go? Like, you need right. you know, to know somebody who was there, at least, for them to be like, oh, yeah, you should have the email to send the jokes to. And they would sometimes, for other shows, for like, Jay, you know, The Tonight Show or Jay Leno or whatever uh, late night shows, some of them would accept submissions for a time and call it the facts list. And right. if you got a joke on, it would pay a certain amount of money. Uh, but it would be a very rare thing because they have, you know, full-time employees working on it also. And I do think that at some point, uh, I don't know what, like, the legality of it is or, like, the propriety union-wise is because, you know, a lot of those shows are, have you know, I think hopefully all of them are, you know, have Writers Guild sure. writers uh, so that if they are getting some, you know, that most of the work has to be done by them and not by freelancers outside non-union members. So I think that I don't know how much it happens currently – but certainly up until very recently and maybe still has been going on. Yeah, it's sort of strange. Did you get stuff on ever? Never um, got anything onto uh, Weekend Update, but it was just a handy, like every week they would send you a bunch of setups, like right. here's the news stories. It's so interesting. I wonder what, for, I guess, I guess. I, I mean, obviously because they have staff, and I don't know if they still do it there, but I feel like that's such a, that would be such a huge other workload, like another job to look through thousands of potential well i guess it's probably not thousands because for weekend update in in the system that i was in right uh they you could send in three jokes a week oh okay so, so like that's they, yeah i understand that so they would send out you know like maybe you know 30 40 50 setups a day so you'd have like 100 to 200 things uh to sort of go through and you could make up your own as well you could just go through the news but it was really nice to have it was for me it was just nice to sort of build up you know a packet of things for if i ever needed to demonstrate to somebody hey i can write you know uh, topical jokes, monologue style sure. jokes. Because uh, actually, finding for me the the biggest worky part of it was like figuring out what the you know finding just the story. going through the internet, like looking on you know celebrity news or political news, and just they just they would line it up right for you. God, uh, I hated that when all, for all the times that I've submitted to a monologue thing, and then you have to just 
search like go on CNN and be like quirky news or oh, like yeah. whatever you know and you're like oh god do I really have to search for these st- I will tell you I did I did submit jokes to the onion for a while and I got one joke in the onion once nice do you remember it oh I, of course I do uh, it was in Obama's first hundred days in office and so they were doing a segment where every day they would have what, the first hundred jokes so just one joke for everything that Obama would do during his first hundred days and one of the things that he did uh, led to me saying uh, so he visited with Governor uh, of Vermont Jim Douglas and was disappointed to find out that he was not the creator of Garfield. <laughs> it was fun. It's uh, Douglas sounds like Davis. Yeah. The end. <laughs> I wrote a joke. I I w- did Onion submissions for a while, and I was actually just looking at them. I think I got probably four or five in. Congratulations! That, thank you so much. And that's what I was uh, fishing that's all for. All you want is that's the validation, was... not from the Onion, but from me about the Onion. Yes. I thank you. Thank you. So many thank layers. You, thank you. Of tears as we peel this back. Uh, um, but that is, but for, I think for that also, that was like, they sort of curated, you know, like they curated who they accepted from. Of course. Um, but I also feel like it was like, this must be, you know, they've got a staff. They're probably going to. Oh, they are machines usually, over there. I mean, they, they have people who, who do this every day that must be much better than this than, than I am. Well, you know, you get, you gotta get a. A few flukes in there. Hey, you got to get a couple, uh, you know, and, and hey, I'm proud of the ones that I got in there. Yeah. Hey, man, don't be so hard on yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're as good as any person on the onion a little bit. I'm sort of in some ways. And <laughs> Look, you're, you're, nobody's, nobody's you, you know? Thank you. You're the only you there is probably. I don't know, everybody. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the show of Third Rock from the Sun, they are them. Oh, they are, and uh, in in conclusion, they uh, Mary and her and and Nina uh, got mad and then hit Dick with a bunch of pies. Yeah, which I thought was there's something that hap- like that happened in that in the sitcom that you don't get anywhere else is where they're pieing him all over the his body and it's physically very funny. Mm-hmm. But it's one of those moments in a sitcom with an actual audience where you can see that the audience like really loves that this is happening to somebody actually oh, yeah. uh, like in front of them. Like we're watching John Lithgow get covered in pies and you're like that's fun. Yeah, like John Lithgow, how much money does it cost for us to do an embarrassing thing to you? Th- there must be a price, right? We yes. we wrote it. Here's the context. It's uh like I remember uh, the Secret Life of Walter Mitty, which was a really enjoyable movie. Is that uh, oh right ben with Stiller. Ben Stiller? Mm-hmm. And I remember either reading an interview, I think, or seeing Ben Stiller talk about uh, like there's a particular scene where he is like out adrift in the ocean, and like they in order to get the shot, they have to go like sort of out of his sight and then approach him. And so he's like, obviously, I know that the boat's there. They know I'm here, but he's like, theoretically, he's like, I am in real life just drifting in the ocean. Like, there is a world in which I'm, like, they don't come back, something goes wrong, like, and I'm actually, like, it's not just a movie, it's not just made up, I'm really here in the ocean, you know, treading water or, like, in a tiny boat or whatever it was. And, uh, and like, same thing here, like, oh, yeah, this is really funny. Like, I always think about that, like, with food. The best, the best thing about being on TV, I, I could imagine, in, in this sort of situation is, like, if you're in, like, a food fight scene or you get slimed or get pies all over you, is at least, like, you can take those clothes off and you don't have to deal with them. Like, you, yeah. you don't have to clean up. You don't have to do, like, in real life, somebody would have to clean up that office. Like, some janitor <laughs> yeah. or Nina. I mean, and in, in actual real life, somebody did. Somebody's job is it to be like, hey, some... 
we John Lithgow get hit with a bunch of pies. So uh, get out, you're on pie duty today, prop master. You yes, know, prop master assign somebody. Somebody is. I'm in show business. It's like like the, I think the job in the circus. You know, the like the elephant poop guy. Yes. You know, like, or gal. I don't want to. But they could be both, and it could be a transgendered person. Yes, and, and an elephant poop person. An elephant poop person. Good for them. And it's good to know that if that happens on a TV show, that's a union gig. Yes. So even the person who's cleaning up that poop or pie or whatever, they're getting paid the real bucks. You can't just fax in your willingness to clean up pies or poop. That would be great if there was a trained. list where it's like I'm gonna I I on the list for cleaning up after John How Lithgow. How would you do it? Okay, we once we'll give you seventy five dollars. <laughs> you can submit three ideas of how you would clean up after John Lithgow per week, but that is it per week. Um, I, I also I haven't watched this. Uh, I watched the first episode of this fairly recently, but there's something nice about this show also that they end every episode in the same way, which is them on the roof talking and sort of reflecting on their ep- on the episode what they've learned oh yeah and i don't know if that still exists on shows but like i'll tell you a show that it very recently a very similar one is uh that one of my favorite shows of all time is boston legal mm. where james spader and uh william shatner's characters would uh meet out on the balcony similar you know sort of on the roof of their office building or sort of you know just just near it's like a roof-like situation mm. an outdoor a patio high up was, patio uh, mm-hmm. and they would you know talk about they it wouldn't be as necessarily on the nose as this conversation was but it'd be like you know they would recap and like process their feelings about what was going on in their lives and had just happened so yeah i think it definitely does happen like not i mean sometimes it goes going way back maybe it happened more maybe it's just you know I, now they're jumping out like doogie hauser with his like you know typing into the thing at the end Love here's the what i learned or sex in the city like you know having a a writer character or a journalistic you know uh sort of frame is cool but yeah this is nice like oh family what did we learn tonight or especially like you know uh mission from space what did we learn right and they learned that comedy is subjective oh yeah and I think that that's very true. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And uh, uh, Jason Gordon-Levitt is the one who f- sort of figures that out. Because yeah, during, during the show, he was also talking to his girlfriend, friend-girl character, right. and asking her what was fun. And he was like, it seemed like, it's, it's interesting, because like, in the world, they definitely didn't have uh, complete consistency. And like, like that character, Tommy's character, like, was making jokes. Like, he's, like, the writers write jokes for him, yes. and he says them, but then he also doesn't understand exactly... But he also kind of does understand... Yes, he's the... I think he's the smartest, though he's the youngest in human years. He is the... He's the information of, officer. Yes. Uh, but yeah, so he, like... He was agree. He was talking with this girl about who was funny in their class, and all of his things were like, "Oh yeah, that guy is a big dork. That's why he's funny. Right? That guy's really stupid. That's why he's funny." Yes. And the girl was like, "No, that's not right." So he's like, "Uh huh, subjectivity." Yes. And he did, brings that to the group. Did you think uh, now that we know Joseph Gordon-Levitt as a man actor in Looper and Don Juan, uh, seeing him as a child actor, you still feel? I feel like he was great. I oh, see. absolutely. And he was also in, was it uh, Angels in the Outfield, or he was in... I didn't see it. Little but... Big League. No, he was in Angels in the Outfield as well. I believe you, and I'm sure he was great. And I'm remembering right now that um, 
I can't remember. I used to remember one line from that movie. It, it just floated away from can't my say brain. Can't that anymore. Floated away like an angel in the outfield. If you had to come up with a drinking game for Third Rock from the Sun, where you would drink for particular instances that happen, or or or, or to tell someone who's going to be watching this episode of Third Rock to drink, where would where would you tell I mean, them to drink? I'm. I would tell people number one. Uh, just if you want to drink, drink. Number two, I do like games, so I understand if you mm-hmm. want a game. So in the in this world where you want a re- to drink, not just because you're a grown up, um, maybe like when Harry says a stupid thing, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, when ha- when Harry doesn't understand something, when Harry doesn't understand something, that's a pretty reliable. I'd say also um, whenever uh, whenever Dick. Whenever you see a classic comedy bit done by one of the aliens. Sure, sure. Whenever Dick makes Mary mad. And if you want to get really drunk every time a pie gets thrown on Dick. Oh, we're talking just for this episode, absolutely, yes. yes. I thought you meant for this the, the show in general. Well, I'm, it's both. It's My both. mistake. It's both. It's both. It's Mime both. is take. And also drink responsibly. Oh, yeah. Hey, if you want to play a drinking game, drinking's no game. Enjoy. Wow, that's great. <laughs> um, well, I thank you so much, Mick. For, um, now now I'm go. sorry. There it is. Oh, that was a really nice uh, a cyclical end. situation. Yeah. Well, I thank you, Mike Jokes, <laughs> um, for uh, oh, watching uh, uh, Third Rock from the Sun with me. Um, people should check out your uh, Netflix uh, or your special on Netflix. Is there anything else that you just want to let people know uh, or sure. just a message that you have for the human race who's listening to this? Uh, just to reiterate, the special is called Small, Dork, and Handsome, and you can watch it on Netflix. You can listen to it, download it from iTunes or Amazon. I'll have physical copies at my website. My podcast is called Hang Out With Me. I'll have you on it sometime. Oh, thank well, you. It's fun to hang out with you here. We'll hang out with you. Maybe here again or maybe a different place. Hey. Uh, and... Uh, uh, everything, if you just put my name, Mike Kaplan, spelled weird, slash correctly, slash incorrectly, uh, into... Search Mike Kaplan, slash correctly. Uh, yeah, and... I made a mistake. <laughs> uh, I made a mistake. Uh, yeah, MikeKaplan.com, or all the all the things that you can LinkedIn. put into... Yep, it, definitely. Please connect with me and <laughs> uh, endorse me in various things on LinkedIn. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening slash watching to this and anything else of mine that you have and uh be nice if you you know or just uh, don't or go away be nice or get the hell out of here yeah i mean be nice or be somewhere else yeah wow that's great like if you're at a comedy show and you don't like it just be exactly be nice or leave you got it and um i'll ask you now to leave doing it thank you so much mike thank you Thanks so much to Mike Kaplan for stopping by and watching Third Rock from the Sun. I pronounced his name right initially, and then I messed it up later. Um, I'm an idiot. Uh, you can uh, uh, talk to me through Twitter at, it, at It's That Episode or at Craig Rowan. I will respond on at It's That Episode. And if you like stuff and respond on Facebook, I'll respond too. I'm approachable through those means. Uh, thanks so much for listening. Uh, we'll be back next week with a new episode, a new and improved episode of It's That Episode. So I'll see you then. Have a great night and an early mañana. Adios, amigos. Amigos. <laughs>